Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Hello, so uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one, uh, one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in, pro- prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortion, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading is a continuation of the first. It is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought of what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The word of the Lord. Like I said, this morning is Confirmation Sunday, and we are so happy to have this day finally come. Uh, And so I decided, you know, I'm going to do a whole sermon on membership. And if you noticed the title of my sermon, it is Membership Dues. So we're going to be talking about what you owe for your membership. I know you're very excited. Per capita was said behind me. (laughs) It's a whole sermon about per capita, Tom. Buckle up. (laughs) When I was a child, I was a member of an illustrious group. Now, this group was diverse and inclusive. It had a monthly magazine. It was nationwide. It might have even been worldwide. And by now, I'm sure that you have probably guessed in your mind that I was a member of the Burger King Kids Club. (laughs) That's right. In order to become a member of this illustrious group, you had to fill out a a small 3x5 index card at your local Burger King, and they would send you a little card saying you were a member and a monthly magazine. Now, I wanted to be Kidvid, who is the, the cool one with the visor, obviously, and I was in love with Boomer, the girl who likes football. Now, not only that, but they had two members who just went by initials. The dog was JD, and the smart kid was IQ. So I thought that they would be really cool just to send me a magazine to TC. But... 
alas, either a prank by my older sister or an incorrect assumption on the part of the BKKC, which is what we cool kids called it, it led to my monthly magazine coming to one Tammy Christine Anderson. (laughs) This was not and is not my name, and my fragile eight-year-old ego could not handle being called a girl's name once a month, so eventually I renounced my membership. I mean, really, I just stopped reading the magazine. I had no idea how to get a hold of the king himself, so I had no official way of renouncing my membership. But either way, it left a bad taste in my mouth for Burger King. Or was that the Whoppers? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm still obviously a little upset about this. This was my first experience with membership, and I learned that if I am a member of an organization, I want that organization at least to know my name and not call me Tammy Christine every month. As I got older, I became a member of more and more things. I've been a member uh, at Costco for a while now. Most of my childhood, I was a member of the Clean Plate Club, which came with the bonus perk of dessert. I've been a member of Blockbuster, Family Video, Netflix, Gamefly, and briefly, the Dollar Shave Club for men, but that obviously didn't work out so well. (laughs) The basic way that these organizations work is that I give them money, and they allow me to become a member and provide me with services. Bulk food, or well, I guess bulk everything, rental videos, DVDs, razors, I give money, they give me goods and services. But there is one type of membership that is unlike all others that I have come across. Can you all possibly guess what that membership might be? It is church membership, for those of you who are still lost. Church membership is different than all these other kinds of membership. And because it stands alone, because it's the only one that is different, we have a hard time thinking about how different it is. Sometimes we fall into the practice of treating church membership like consumeristic membership. Like a Costco or Blockbuster membership, I pay my time, treasures, and talents, and thus I deserve to have things the way I want them. I give you money, you give me things. If we view church membership like this, then the church better have the songs you like, the preaching you want to hear, the programs that you want for your children and youth, and a riveting Bible study that is tailored to your life, both in topic and in schedule, because that's what you're paying for. So often, this is why church membership fluctuates so wildly because we think that this membership is like all of the other memberships that we have come across, but it is not. Another type of membership that we understand is nonprofit membership. Being a member of a nonprofit essentially starts the same with paying money, but instead of actually getting physical things, you get to feel like you're supporting a good cause. And I suppose you get a tax write-off as well. It is that time of the year. This type of membership is based less on what you physically get out of the membership and more on supporting a cause or an organization that you think is doing something that you like. This is almost 
church membership. Now it's true, we, like almost all churches, are a nonprofit organization, meaning that we take donations in order to survive and don't have any other revenue source. However, if we view church membership like other nonprofit membership, then all that is required of your membership is that you pay money. And then it is up to the staff of that nonprofit to make everything happen and accomplish all the goals that that nonprofit has set out. Your job begins and ends with donation. So, what is church membership then? If it's not consumeristic membership, because in return for money you don't get goods and services, well, technically, I guess you do get two services every Sunday, but um. I'm sorry, I, it was literally like the first thing I wrote for this whole sermon, so I had, to, I had to put it in there. Back on track. What is church membership? Well, instead of goods and services like consumeristic membership or a warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting a nonprofit, church membership gives you responsibilities for your membership. I know, what a great deal. Now, you may be thinking, what responsibilities? What are you talking about, TC? Well, firstly, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. And secondly, I think a really good list for us comes from the scripture we read today. In this section, Paul actually entitles it, Marks of a True Christian. So it must be a pretty great list. We're going to look at a couple of lines of this. So we, who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. I actually prefer the translation that ends with, and individually we belong to one another. It makes it more tangible for me. Paul loved talking about this topic, how we are one body. It's not just here, it's also in 1 Corinthians. I like this metaphor for several reasons, but one reason I really, really enjoy it is because of something that I have experienced a lot in my life. When I was younger, I would twist or roll my ankle all of the time. It was mostly while playing basketball and trying to do something cool that I definitely shouldn't have been doing uh, and or landing on someone's foot. But it happened fairly often. Whenever it would happen, the rest of my body would instantly go into compensation mode. My other leg would take on all of my weight. My arms would reach out for something to grab onto so I could stabilize myself. My mouth would call out for an Advil or a ride to the hospital, depending on how severe I felt like that ankle roll was. All of this happened without any thought. It was just my instant response. If we are truly to be members of one body, then we are also called to respond this way. When one of our members falls on hard times or is injured or depressed or in need of help, we don't think about it. We don't consider our options, but we instantly go into compensation mode. We take on more so they can take on less. We reach out to them and try to help stabilize them in this time. We call out to them to see how we can help no matter how severe it is. 
This is the calling of the body, to be the body and work together in all things, even painful, hard things. Correction, especially in hard, painful things. Paul then continues, let love be genuine. This line to me puts to death a silly old phrase that I heard a lot growing up, which was, Jesus said I had to love you, but I don't have to like you. Letting our love be genuine is something that takes hard work. Because to genuinely love someone, you have to not only act in their best interest, but truly wish what is best for them in their life. Hope that they succeed. To think of them as you think of your actual loved ones. This is second level hard. Now, I don't know about you, but... To do nice things for someone who I dislike is already hard enough. But to change my heart and actually wish what is best for them? To let my love be genuine in that way? That's intense. You have to see them as a human, not an enemy, not a jerk who you hate, but a living, breathing human with flaws and emotions and experiences that have shaped them into the person that they are. You have to find empathy and compassion for who they are and what they've gone through. Genuine love means you have to love that person without hope, without witness, or without reward. Without hope that your love will make them a better person, someone who will possibly be easier to love. Without witness to see how great of a person you are for loving someone so difficult to love. And without reward for showing that love. Now, I started to break this entire scripture down, but it's a fairly long scripture, and I did want to get you out of here earlier than Alex would. Judy stole my joke from first service. It's not as good the second time. But, instead, but Paul actually does a really good job encapsulating this message. And so I'm going to repeat this because it bears repeating. And I'm just going to add a couple of little lines here and there. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That is, to each other. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Not nice-looking strangers. Not strangers who you agree with. But all strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Or curse at them. Don't do that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Don't rain on their parade. Don't think that I haven't gotten a break, so why do you deserve a break? But just rejoice with them. Weep with those who weep. Don't try to make it better. Don't put a silver lining on their cloud. Just weep with them. Be there. Mourn with them. Sit with them in their grief. Live in harmony with one another. Don't let little things drive wedges in the community. Don't allow small disagreements to cause giant rifts. Don't allow large disagreements to create rifts. But instead, be harmonious with one another. 
Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. In other words, don't be arrogant or full of yourself or think that you are superior to anyone, but be present with those who the world disregards. Hang out with the outcasts, the downtrodden, the marginalized. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. I have to say, I really love this sentence in here because to me, it comes out of nowhere. Like Paul had a specific person in mind when he wrote this one. <laughs> of all, all the other things have to do with the community. And then Paul just says, don't, be, don't act smart when you're not smart. Don't do that. Now, I understand that when someone pretends that they know things, they can mislead others. So I understand kind of why Paul would put this in here, but it still sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Do not repay anyone evil for evil and live peaceably with all. These are powerful mandates. They're hard to hit. But this is what Paul thinks are the marks of a Christian. And I have to say, I pretty much agree. These are your true membership dues. These are what you have all signed up for. Publicly declaring that you are a member of a church, saying that you are a Christian, means that these things are what you must always be aiming for. As members of this church, it is all of our responsibility to make sure that we are doing these things at all times. We must look out for one another. We must welcome strangers and be hospitable to them all. We must show empathy to those rejoicing and to those who are weeping. We must be hopeful and patient and peaceful and harmonious. This is what your membership requires of you. These are the dues of membership to the church. If you come every single week to worship and you pay attention, but you do not strive for this list, then you are not paying your dues. If you are at Bible study early every month and you read all of the proper materials that you were supposed to, but you are not striving for this list, you are not paying your dues. If you pay your per capita and even more on top of that, but you are not striving for this list, then you are not paying your dues. Membership in a church is not about just being here or reading the Bible or paying money. Membership in the church is about striving to fulfill this list because this is what God truly cares about. When you claim membership in this church, when you say, yes, I am a Christian, yes, I am a member, you are saying that you are aiming for this bar. You are saying that you are a member of the body and everything that comes along with that. Be here every week or once a month or once a quarter, but pay these dues. Tithe to the church 10% or 2% or 90% or 0%, but pay these dues. Inside the church, outside the church, at home, at work, pay these dues. Because in paying these dues, in living this way, in treating others like we are called to, we show our membership in the church. We show the love of Christ. We show that this is a membership that can truly change the world. So let us all pay our dues today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen.
Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.